Hey, it's Eric G. Around the House is sponsored by Baldwin Hardware. For 75 years, Baldwin Hardware has been known for its first-class quality and craftsmanship in door and cabinetry hardware. As an alumnus of the Baldwin Hardware Design Council, I can say I have seen the details and quality from design to the finished product. If you're looking for a new style and old-world craftsmanship, I can tell you there is only one Baldwin Hardware. Check out what would look great in your home at baldwinhardware.com. It's Around the House. In today's episode of Around the House with Eric G and Caroline B, we have Constructing Hope on the air. Now here's what's cool about these guys. They take people that have been formerly incarcerated and homeless or homeless, and they've actually put them to work into the construction trades with a lot of help from their organization. Now we've got Dave Dahl on here as well. You might've seen him with Dave's Killer Bread. His face has been on that bread as the founder and uh, former owner of that company. Now he is a little bit under the weather in this episode with his voice. So he will be a little harder to hear, but we wanted to get this out in a timely manner because we're in the middle of their fundraising season. And these people are doing so much to help people. We just wanted to get him on because he's part of the story. Now, let's get back to the show here. This is one you don't want to miss. When it comes to remodeling and renovating your home, there is a lot to know, but we've got you covered. This is Around the House. Welcome to Around the House with Eric G and Caroline B, where we talk everything about your home every single week. Thanks for joining us. Hey, Caroline, how are you today? Hey, Eric, how are you? Excellent. I am so excited to have two of my favorite people back on the show again the first time with you caroline yeah i'm excited to meet them yeah this is going to be great we've got my buddy dave Dahl. you've seen him across the country his picture on a loaf of bread called dave's killer bread the founder of dave's killer bread and pat daniels from constructing hope welcome guys thank you for having having us eric sorry about my voice uh-oh. Uh, it's okay. You've been rocking it, haven't you, brother? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, poor guy. But he's on yeah, my... It's... He, you know how I know him? Eric, I was so excited when you said that he was coming on the show because he is in my freezer right now. I feel cold. <laughs> cold right now. See, there's the problem right there. We've got that solved. <laughs> Explain well, why he's in my freezer because people don't know why he is in my freezer. Well, Dave, you know, Dave has been widely known for founding Dave's Killer Bread out there. And of course, you're not the owner anymore. Uh, but man, you have such a great story that ties in with Constructing Hope just because it's a continuation of your efforts, it seems, or the same effort from Dave's Killer Bread when you founded that company. Yeah, it's 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 really a continuation of... of uh what happened in prison for me. Um, I was able to go into a uh, drafting program and it's, it was a trade. And I understood the value after that of, of learning the trade. And I, I took it with me to Dave's Killer Bread. And then uh, I met Pat and uh, I was so excited to see what she was doing. So I've been involved ever since. Yeah, and Pat, you started Constructing Hope and what is this, your 15th anniversary this year? Yes, Eric, we were celebrating 15 years this year. And I was excited to meet Dave because he didn't know 
that in 2010, I didn't meet him until 2017, but in 2010, he was on my bucket list of people to meet. I had just heard about Dave's Killer Bread. And actually, when constructing, before we became Constructing Hope and we were Irvington Covenant, we were putting people to work at Dave's Killer Bread. Because again, it was finding that first place where people, where we could place people before we actually got into that deep relationship with the trades. We started with manufacturing and Dave's Killer Bread was one of the places. And you see, there are good things happening in the world. <laughs> yes. There are. There are. Pat, so let's 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 do the Wayback Machine here. Let's talk about Constructing Hope so we can get all of our listeners up to speed here on what you're doing here in the Portland area. Okay. Constructing Hope is a pre-apprenticeship training program, and we target formerly incarcerated, which we have changed that now to returning citizens. I just looked at my paperwork and I was thinking, we we have a new name now. (laughs) So um, we target returning citizens. We're 100% low income, but what we do is we actually go into the prisons, we go into the jails, and we go into high schools and just community, um, other community organizations, and we talk to people about what a career in construction can provide for you. We chose construction because for our returning citizens, construction is the one area that did not ask about your background, didn't care about your background, and wanted to know, are you strong, able, and willing to do this work? And if you are, we will pay you a living wage. That was the thing that interests us. A lot of times when people get out of incarceration, the only thing they could get is that low-income job at the gas station. The gas station can't pay your rent, it doesn't move you forward, and it creates that revolving door for going back into incarceration. So um, once we built this relationship, it was all about just adding life skills to that because the average person has spent eight years when we did that three strikes you're out. People got an average of eight years in prison. I don't care if you stole the candy bar. So with that being said, we wanted to just do something to stop the revolving door. So as we built this relationship um, with the unions and non-union, we offer a 12-week program. At the end of the 12 weeks, we have direct entry into most construction trades, whether it's union or non-union. Not only do we walk you to the door and hand you off after you complete the training, we have support services because we looked at um, the need. It's one thing to put someone in a job, but a lot of times, you know, when you're coming, when you're a returning citizen, you don't have transportation yet. You're trying to get yourself back together. So we provide support services. So we have some assistance with housing. We have some assistance with paying your bills. This has happened since COVID. So I can't say how far this is going to go. But our relationship with other organizations, when we're in prison, we help you come out into organizations like Bridges to Change, um, Volunteer of America, Oregon, Central City Concern. We help you come out into those programs. And then you can still come through Constructing Hope and receive the support to go into a construction trade. So wonderful. Man, um, Pat, we, that's crazy. Good. Three years. Crazy changing, good. World changing. Makes a huge difference. We love it. And you know, something that's interesting too, Dave, and, and you know, you started out, you know, you getting out of your time being incarcerated and starting Dave's killer bread. And you did so much for this community here that I live in, in giving back to getting people, that first job coming out and putting a lot of great hardworking people back to work. And I think that's the thing. I don't think I know that's the thing that we're really missing out there is stopping that cycle 
to get people to, to have some confidence that they can handle it themselves, that they can control their own lives and go out and, and live well. That's what it's about to me. That's what it's about to me. Uh, back when I had a voice, I used to do a lot of speaking. And this was my message. My number one message um, was uh, how you can transform your life and, and the tools. Uh, the tools like uh, constructing hope. And Pat, this is something that, you know, I, I see this growing every year. Where do you see this going? Well, I hope it's going to go nationwide down the road. Mm-hmm. But for right now, mm-hmm. here in Portland, we're looking to expand our numbers. So over the last years, we've been having classes of 25. We're hoping to move to classes of 45 within the next year. It was our goal prior to uh, COVID. So the last three years with COVID, our numbers have gone down. But we're looking forward. Our, our numbers went from like classes of 25 to about 15. And uh, we're looking mm-hmm. to get this year just to finish the year with classes of 25 and hoping to increase those numbers next year. And hopefully by the end of the year, get to classes of 45. So I have a question. I have a question for both of you. How does someone qualify for this program and how do you determine if somebody is going to benefit from them? Are there, are there any parameters that you guys look at when you're looking at people that are coming into the program? And then also I'd love to hear like a six, a success story from either one of you about just an amazing story that somebody, how they really turned you know, this program into an amazing opportunity for themselves. Cause I think that's, that's really so good. fascinating. That's Pat's question. That's good. <laughs> <laughs> Great question. Okay. So the first part is how do people qualify? We actually go into the prisons. So as we're talking to people in the prison, they get to transition right out of prison, right into constructing hope, same thing in jail. But what we do is um, for everybody coming into the program, we work with the state employment office and we have them take what is a national career readiness test. That also confirms that they are low income, so we don't have to do the proof of incomes because everyone that comes into this program is, is low income. Those two things are knocked out. Mm-hmm. It tells us exactly where you are as far as your math is concerned, reading, writing, and finding information. Those are the most important things for you to get into the construction trades. So with that, you're ready to start our curriculum, and our curriculum really is a lot of math. So we started adding and subtracting fractions and we moved them all the way up to algebra and a little bit of geometry, depending on the trades that they're going to go into. So all of it really is based on their desire to get into construction. And then we're basically tutoring you from there. Um, And Hmm. it's about being 100% low income. And then the interview is your desire. And if you can be a class at 630 in the morning. That stops a lot of people. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> I was going to say, Pat, isn't that the first test? Yeah. You know, yes. That's the first yeah. test. You, you Somebody's showing up at 630 in the morning. It, it takes a good For free. Mm. But it's not really free because at the yep. end of your training, you have certifications in first aid CPR. You have your safety certs. What Constructing Hope does, like our other partner pre-apprenticeship training programs, We put you so far in advance of the general public applying for that position because we have gone back and structured our program for you to exceed. So we make sure that you have all the credentials that you need to get in, driver's license. Sometimes they have a vehicle, but if you don't have a vehicle, we have a plan to get a vehicle. Because if you can get to class at 630 every day on the bus, we know that you can get to work until you get that car or that transportation. That's such a it's such a godsend. I mean, you're you're all like angels, really. Yeah. And I think someone who's sitting in that position, if they've, you know, and there's reasons, I guess, a lot of people that are incarcerated, right? Various reasons. 
But if they've had time to reflect and someone like you comes across their path, I would think that, you know, I mean, I'm looking at it from my perspective, this would be like an angelic moment. I would be sitting there going, wow, this is amazing. I can completely turn around and these people are going to help me do this. I mean, it doesn't get much better than that. Honestly, it's fantastic. Yeah. And they, um, yeah. you know, Pat has always operated on a very limited budget, kind of on a true string. And, uh, you know, I think it's gotten a little bit better through uh, some fundraising efforts and such. Um, but that brings us to something else. Exactly. And we'll touch on that in a few minutes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Pat, I want to hear some of the, you have some great success stories that yeah, I want to hear. Before we talk into, uh, you know, your guys' big fundraiser, you guys have just some great stories that I've heard. I've met these people and, it's absolutely stunning what you guys have been doing and hearing it from, you know, their point of view. Well, you know, I'm going to share the first one and I, and I, and so I'm going to share a couple. One, Kayvon. Kayvon, we have a summer youth program. So this is not just about formerly incarcerated. This is also about sharing um, what the construction trades have to offer for youth. So we have a summer youth program. Um, 2009, when we first moved into this building, we didn't we are we weren't ready for our adult program. We started with our youth program. I will never forget Kayvon Bailey Hall came through this program, a young African-American man just out of high school, came to the youth program, decided he wanted to be an electrician. This young man was low income. But when he moved out of his parents program, because when you come through the youth program, you have an automatic entry into our adult program if that's what you choose. That young man was 18. Today, he is a journeyman electrician. He did not have a formal background. When he moved out of his home, he was making more than his parents. And so that's the story that I always <laughs> love to tell because this is not about formerly incarcerated. But now when you look at my formerly incarcerated people, they're coming through it with absolutely no income and they're starting work. I'm going to tell you Janie Turner's story. Janie came through Constructing Hope in 2015 we didn't have all the support services that we have now, but I didn't realize when she came through that she was homeless and living in her car, but she was so dedicated to getting through this program, knowing what she was going to have on the other side. When she graduated the program and went into the laborers, I want to tell you today, Jenny was formerly incarcerated. She was homeless when she came through the program and stuck to it and was here every day at six o'clock rather than 630. Jenny is now the um, joint apprenticeship training coordinator for the laborers in fifth, in that short period of time from 2015. And she became, got in that position a year ago. I just want people to see how life changing working in the construction trades can be. So Jenny is in a Amazing. management position now, Love just it. in that short period of time. I get warm and fuzzy. Yeah. Yeah. It makes me happy. Yes. Yeah. Homeless to homeowner. Yeah. That's amazing. But she saw, I mean, it was in her too. That's what I'm saying. She had that inner, she had the drive and she saw this opportunity that you were presenting to her and she took full advantage. Like you said, showing up at six o'clock when she needed to be there at 630. And I, and I go back to thinking like, how do you find these individuals like, and knowing that someone's going to really benefit? I mean, do they kind of gravitate towards you when you go in to present or how do you kind of um, maybe someone's shy and they don't want to come forward or say they, maybe they think they can do it, but they're not sure. And our self-confidence is always our, our worst enemy. Right. So we always think 
oh, I can't do it. Somebody's going to judge me for my past. And why would I be able to be successful in this situation? And we all do that in all walks of life. It doesn't matter. You know, I think about a podcast and I get on and say, well, why is anyone going to want to listen to me talk? So it's interesting. (laughs) How do you bring them out of their shell and get them to sort of adapt and say, hey, I can do this? My best advertising is the people who have been through. We have what we call three minutes of fame. Yeah. So in every class, every graduate gets three minutes of fame whenever they're in the area. And that three minutes of fame is what gives the person in the seat confidence. When I'm looking at folks who have spent some time, their confidence is is not there. And that's the one thing that we have to build up. We can teach them all the skills in the world. But when I first started this, people were still afraid to walk through the door because now you're leaving home and you got to go outside the home. So we do several site visits where they're actually interacting with every trade they go to. So you're talking to that person that's going to hire you. You built that relationship. So that relieves a lot. And then having the graduates who have been in your seat before you come and tell you that I was sitting right there and I was afraid. But last class I was sitting there. But I want to tell you today I'm making $25 an hour down the street. And they come and they're excited. (laughs) And so really they're the ones that cheer them on to, to having the confidence to walk through the door to the next step. And then they mentor. We ask everybody to mentor. And then Dave yeah. comes in. I wonder, um, you know, I, I, I've never asked you this before, but I mean, I've heard you talk about it a little bit. How, how, how do you, uh, how do you kind of weed out the, the bad the people that you don't think will make it? The, at the beginning, do you, you kind of choose? In the beginning, they do have to pass a drug test. So mm-hmm. that's one of the things that weed people out. Knowing that you have to be here at 630 in the morning, we have a strong um, we have a very stringent att- attendance policy. So people know that if you miss one day, if you miss two days, if you miss three days, we will ask you to start over. So just knowing how how um, stringent it is. But uh, the other part of that is the job developers also uh, do a one-on-one assessment of each person's skills. So there is a plan for you to be successful prior to you coming in. So we've sat down with you. We've talked about your driver's license. We've talked about barriers. We've talked about child care. So over the course of this program, we provide child care now. Um, when we started, we just kept asking, what were the barriers? What were the barriers? And we write grants to um, remove those barriers. So at this point, this is how we got to having all of the support services to make sure that they can be successful and those support services follow them for two years. So I would say the assessment from the case manager prior to coming in, we select people. If you're not ready and this is going to take you a while, we'll work with you to come into the next class. So we always have people ready for the next group. If you're not ready right now, we're going to help you get prepared for the next class. Is there a waiting list for this right now? Is it, it's really hard. Yeah. Always. It's hard to get into. Um, so it's not hard to get into, but there's always a waiting list. So like I said, it. if you don't get into this class, we'll get you set up for the next one. But as you grow, as you grow, and when you get to the point of 45, 45 uh, people in class, that's going to be very exciting, isn't it? You know, I, That's going to be extremely exciting. Yeah, and, and, and then you just continue to grow and grow. That's what I hope for you. Oh, what, Pat, what, like, how far does this reach? Is this just uh, the Portland area, the Oregon area? I mean, are there programs like this throughout the United States? Not that I know of right now. That is the goal for me. I'd like to see us Mm -hmm. have more programs like this throughout the United States. So as we're looking to expand right now, 
Um, we do just Portland only. So there's, you know, the Washington County, we have students from Washington County, Clackamas County. Um, we haven't gone beyond that. We have had students actually come here from Eugene um, and from other places. So we're working wow. on how do we expand that. But right now we haven't Amazing. gotten there. Right. There's, there's dollars coming down to do other areas. But I think we're going to be looking at how do we start training behind the walls and how do we partner with unions and other mm-hmm. organizations to do more training behind the walls so that folks who are formerly incarcerated can still have the benefit of uh, coming through Constructing Hope, even though you may be released to another state. That's cool. Because once you get construction That's skills, a really cool one. basically go anywhere. You know, there is, yeah, I- there is one person um, that I know is really about this sort of thing. And uh, he's a nation, nationally known, worldwide known. His name's uh, Mike Rowe. And uh, he's done stuff like similar to this, like in Pittsburgh, but not quite, not quite. Mm-hmm. But the, the idea is similar. And so um, there's a lot of people who are behind this, but um, everybody loves hearing about this. And it's just it's just about figuring out ways to continue to make it more affect more people. Pat, how do you grow this? So if you've got in, in just in a, the Portland area, so if you start hitting forty five people per class, you're going to need some buildings and stuff here. If you're going to start cr- cruising along with that, I love this. Yes, that means that we're going to have to have a little bit more fundraising. We'll have a little bit more grant writing. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I'm hoping that where this is going to take us is we just got our first Portland Clean Energy Fund grant. And as we were talking about green training, okay. green training is one of the things that we're looking at for expanding the program. Um, we know that there's a lot coming down with solar installation and how we're moving to a green economy. And with that, one of the things that Constructing Hope is looking at right now is do we create a green pre-apprenticeship training program. And if we do that too, it'll give us a little bit more bandwidth to reach into other areas. Cool. And yeah, I think that's a big one. And Eric and I were talking uh, prior to the show with Pat about, you know, the issue of HVAC and how COVID-19 and the pandemic has really affected the HVAC industry. So every time we turn around and we talk to someone who's in, you know, that particular sector, it's, we don't have enough apprentice. We don't have enough workers. We don't have enough people to cater to all the ventilation and filtration needs that we have now. And, you know, there's billions of dollars being given by the national government to be able to fund these things, but we have to have workers to do it. So I think that leaves you in an awesome opportunity, Pat, to be able to step in and say, look, we'll train some of these people. We know they're needed and we've got, you know, the manpower to do it or woman power to achieve like some of these goals, which to me looks like a big opening. Yes. And, you know, and the the fun part about this is giving the youth an opportunity. I'm so excited that now that COVID's Mm -hmm. over, we're having our first youth camp since 2019. No, we didn't have it in 2019. So since 2018, this is going to be our first summer youth camp. So we're expecting 25 kids Mm -hmm. to come in and get introduced to training at Northwest with us um, starting the end of this month. June 30th. That's great. That's a new one. I didn't know about that. That's great. Yeah, yeah. It doesn't start until July 11th. Okay, got some time. Is that already filled up? Is that already jammed up? Already big waiting list for that as well? Uh, Not a big waiting list. We're still taking applications. We're only going to be bringing in 25 students, 25 youth. All right. Mm. All right, everybody, let's fill that up if you're listening here in the Portland area. So that's for sure. Now, Pat, let's talk a little bit about, and, and Dave as well, let's talk about leveling the playing field a little bit here and, and your guys' 
fundraiser right now that you're doing. This is this annual event. And I think the last time we talked was on the radio. And then I think it was right about the time that I was at uh, Dave's place up there. We were taking a look at uh, and talking on TV. But uh, I remember at that point, you were just moving into the new building, if I remember right. Yes. (laughs) <laughs> um, okay, I'm trying to see. That'd have been three oh. years ago. You're, you're, you were moving something with the classrooms. There was something that was moving around, if I remember right. Yeah, so three years ago, we had just gotten our our um, classroom here in the building that we're in. And now we've expanded that mm-hmm. classroom. We only had one classroom. And now we've expanded that classroom so that we can double the, the capacity. Nice. So 2019, nice. I think. Um, and uh, so. Also, I think at that time, was that 2019? And COVID just, yeah. COVID just started right after that. So it was right when, yeah, it was COVID just starting because they were getting mad at me on the masks. Yep, that's right. Yes. (laughs) So everything came to a halt. But now we were just starting the remodel. That was where we were. And then our remodel had taken four years and we were just getting into that built to this space now. That's wonderful. Let's talk about your fundraiser because that's one of the big reasons. One, I wanted to expose our national listening audience to this as well as the local one here. But I really wanted to make sure that we talk about, you know, your fundraiser that's going on right now because this is your big, the big show for you guys this year. Yes. Um, So this year, leveling the playing field, leveling the playing field for Constructing Hope is about um, making sure that historically excluded job seekers find constructing hope. It is about providing skills for low-income people in workforce and making sure that they're workforce ready. It's about putting them in construction jobs as well as manufacturing if construction doesn't fit for you. Um, We provide case management with wraparound services and support for the 12 weeks that the students are in the program and two years beyond that. The program also provides ongoing mentorship because we already know that um, sometimes it could be difficult for women and people of color in the construction industry. So we can we provide an ongoing mentoring so that they can work through issues that may be challenging. And then it's also about education and advocacy um, to meet hiring goals. Right now, we know that in the construction industry, just like most places uh, around the world today, our our, um, our workforce is aging and there's a, a huge demand for people in the construction industry and especially with all of the infrastructure dollars or infrastructure projects that we have coming down. So our goal this year is to raise $150,000. You heard me talk about um, the services that we provide for the average person going through this program. It costs about $12,500 per person. And again, the, the relationship on this per person, it's not about the 12 weeks training. It's about the time that we spend with them after that 12 week training. We're not just throwing you into a job and leaving you. We're staying with you for those first two years. When we talk about having a safety net of that, if you think about someone low income, my car can break down today and I've missed work for three days because I need to get it repaired. That could end your job in construction. So we're here to provide that safety net to make sure that they don't lose that job, that we help them until they're at a place where they no longer need those services. So we're just asking people to help us change lives of people who deserve this opportunity to make a living wage. It's not a handout. It is a hand up. 
And so that's really what constructing hope is about. That's why I love it so much. It's beautiful. Yeah. It's like a family. It's, you know, it's a lot of these people don't have stable families or upbringing. I mean, just because you're born into something doesn't mean that's your destiny, right? And I think we all expect when we come out that we're going to have this perfect mom and dad. And that's just not the way reality is. I mean, it's not the way reality is in my family. I don't know about everybody else's on this call, but you know, you don't have that perfection where no matter how good your life looks or doesn't look. So I think we all need this support. I mean, no matter what. And I think, I think it would be just, it's a blessing to have it no matter what they're, they're kind of lucky because we don't get that right. Where they're, they have a little extra <laughs> something that allowed them to get this opportunity where we didn't. And how you get it is, you, you know, know, God's grace. So fantastic. You hit it right on the head because that's what we call ourselves in the office. We're the family that you didn't have. We're your yes. new family and we like to be your family for life. So this is not just a relationship mm -hmm. while you're here in the class. Just a, um, a student stopped in yesterday that was a 2016 graduate and he now lives in Arizona. And he was saying how wonderful it was that the day that he got out of prison, he came here. And he wanted to come back and thank us because he lives in Arizona now. He's a journeyman roofer. But he said when he got to Arizona, roofing's not a good choice. So he's moved to heavy equipment. <laughs> but this is how he had the opportunity to make that change in his life. So that's what's so gratifying. But see, that's the, that's the great part of that. And you've got them, you've helped them get those life skills that they needed to get that job knocked out and to get in there and that just that faith in themselves that they know that they need to go do something for them and that they, they have control of that, which I absolutely love that you can sit there and knock that out. And it's such a huge thing. And what I, what I like too about this program is it's not a replacement for any of the big training programs. You're not competing with the unions. No. You're not competing with the trade schools out there you are giving them great candidates to work with to take to the next step. Yes. And that's union and, and that's residential. what's exciting about it. You know, it's funny. If you look at union electricians, you know, you look at union plumbers out there, even non-union ones, either way, those can be six figure jobs. If you get out in the, in the workplace and you apply yourself and you get yourself in the right spot, that's absolutely amazing that you can go from, trying to figure out where I'm going to stay tonight to, wow, I can provide for my family and live well. I think a couple of people, yes. I think a couple of graduates are, are making six figures. Am I right? Yes. Yeah. Yes. I think we got more than a couple that are making six figures because I have people who are foremans and, and I mentioned Jenny in this uh, trainer position, so, you know, these guys, I'll never forget one of my project managers, a board member, was comparing the project manager to same as doctors and lawyers. That income level is the same without a college yeah. degree. And you're not working as many long hours. <laughs> yeah. That's the great part. That's the great part. Well, Dave, can you imagine, and I've never asked you this question before, and it might be a long one, so bear with me, but can you imagine if this program was in place when you were coming out of the, you know, your first or second time being incarcerated, how that would have been completely a different path for you? Well, um, you know, being who I am, I probably wouldn't be top, top of the list on candidates. But um, I was fortunate to go to work with my family. But I probably would have chose this because 
I didn't really want to go back to work with my family. <laughs> and I would have, if I had this opportunity, I would have chosen it. And I'll tell you what, because I had a good attitude, I would have knocked it out of the park. And that, that's, that's what I know. Well, attitude is everything. And Dave, you are the poster child of that because on paper, you didn't have a chance out there with our current system. No, You didn't have a chance. And you took that and were a rock star. That's why you're carrying a guitar and a loaf of bread. It's important to, to point out that uh, the things that I learned in, in drafting, and, and I drafted for constructive construction people, um, the, the things that I learned in there, I was able to apply to just about everything that I did with Dave's Killerbread. So all this stuff is is just so important to understand that um, this is exponential, the power of it. Dave, I don't know your history, so like Eric does, but um, what, I mean, I guess the, the bigger question is, how or how did you end up where you were that you were incarcerated? And was it a family? I mean, was it something... Was it family oriented? Was it the fact that you were born into a situation where it, you know, this happened? I mean, what was your situation? And in a little, if you could just give a little backstory. I grew up um, with very low self esteem, and uh, my I didn't get along. I didn't. I didn't like. I didn't want to be in the family I was in. I didn't like uh, what they did. I didn't like their their values and stuff. A lot of those values were great values, but I rejected the whole thing, and uh, so I went out and I. I did a lot of drugs and, uh, you know, settled on methamphetamine. And from that point on, I started going to prison. I went to prison four times for, uh, for crimes related to uh, scoring dope. And they were all like uh, anything from burglary to armed robbery to assault, um, things like that. Yeah. Fascinating. So, so there, there, there needs to be a really big change in my life. And uh, the drafting was a huge part. And again, that's where this this marriage of you two working together, I just absolutely love because it was a construction drafting program that got you thinking on heading the right way. It got you, my, your mindset into a positive thing of, I'm going to do something different out there. And... Yeah. I think you're one of the best success stories that I've seen in the world out there of you had every darn excuse that you could have used while you were going to fail. Yeah. And you quite frankly gave it the finger and said, Hey, I'm going to do it my way. I'm going to do it well. And you did that brother. Yeah. That's why I, I hate excuses. I, I, I hate them. I, I, I hate how they destroy lives. You know, if you, if you get past making excuses and you start realizing that you have the power to change uh, and grow and learn, um, once you learn that, it's a very uplifting and powerful thing. Amen. 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 Mm -hmm. So in our last, you know, four minutes or so here, Pat, what, what is the best way for people to track down Constructing Hope? And of course, the big help out there is to donate to Constructing Hope to help this program to get it going. I mean, you've got some big industry partners out there that I see that are helping spread the word, which I like seeing on your front page, but it's people like our listening audience out there that can really make that difference and help people um, and fill the need for trades. Because I tell you what, with what 
people are making in the trades. It's making things really expensive out there. And the delays in construction right now are huge. If you want to go do a kitchen remodel right now there, you might be waiting <laughs> a year to get a contractor in there because they don't have any help. So true. Mm-hmm. And yes. so this is one of those things that your program is helping fill that need with people that have the right mindset, the hard work, and that ethic to be out there doing it. So what's the best way for people to track that down? Um, our website is www.constructinghope.org. So we did a little play on words. Um, and so if you go to our website and a couple of things I would just want to share, you know, again, our goal is 150,000 this year. We have a $20,000 match from Dave and his brother, Glenn. So just know that if you do donate, we have nice. matching funds. Mm-hmm. And Dave, I can't tell you how much we appreciate that. Because again, your support does so much um, for our guys. And again, we said that just the average cost of sending them through is about $12,000 per person and think about times 25. So our goal is to just um, train 100 people per year. And next year, we'd like to increase that number. But again, I want to remind people that we're taking folks who um, the cost of being in prison, I forget exactly how much it is a month, but it's way more than the cost of sending people to become paying tax paying citizens. Yeah, you can't. And it, you can't. Uh, you simply can't. Um, uh, you can't uh, really fault or come up with anything that works better for making a difference in lives and the community than this program. Yeah, there's Thank just you, no Dave. doubt. There's just no doubt. <laughs> I, I agree with it because, you know, this is one of those things that I see this going nationwide. And of course, People can reach out to Pat that are wanting to do that as well. I'm sure you'd love to get a bunch of phone calls on on something like that. But this is really something I think that is a great case study to show how a program works and works well with limited funds. I mean, you guys, you're not driving up in the Bentley here. You're pulling in and getting the job done. And you guys are on a shoestring budget, which I really appreciate with that. Yes. And, you know, the last thing I want to share is a lot of times people was like, okay, so how many people come through the program and how many people are really successful? You know, last year in the midst of COVID, we had 120% placement. And it's like, how can that be? And it's because when we have four classes, the last class graduates in the middle of the winter. Nobody goes to work in the winter, it's snowing. But the following year, last year in 2021, all of the people that graduated in 21, plus the folks that graduated the year before went to work. So I just can't tell you the need is there, the demand for the folks as well as the as, as folks going to work. It's not that they're just graduating and waiting. So I'd like to just share that. And yeah, I was so great. happy that it was that's our first great. year of 100 percent placement. And I can say we've been averaging 80. <laughs> so 80 percent placement is not bad because the folks that didn't get placed no. in the same year, they're getting their driver's license. We won't port send you to the next level until you have everything that you need. But we will put you in temporary work until you get there. There you go. <laughs> there you go. And Dave, man, I just, I want to say thank you from, you know, speaking for our whole community here and including the construction community and what you're doing and helping these guys. You have, you have put your checkbook on the table and really helped out Pat Daniels and Constructing Hope. And for the whole time at Dave Killer Bread, you put, action behind those words and helping people 
get out of situations and putting them to work. And this isn't you just doing it all of a sudden. You started from day one helping out people and get them on the right path. And uh, hats off to you, brother, for you. for doing it right, man. I'm passionate about it because of my own experience. Absolutely. And the 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 hundreds and thousands of lives. Yeah, go ahead, Pat. Jump in here. <laughs> no, I want to say, you know, giving Dave kudos, it's not just his dollars. Look on our website. You're going to see him actually working. <laughs> building a uh-huh. <laughs> Actually, yeah, we went to it. They built it, building tiny houses. Uh, yes. And I, I also went out uh, and uh, joined the class for a day, too. Uh, Dave is never afraid of hard work. No, I work no. hard. Exactly. <laughs> I'm taking a break right now. Uh, you should. You need to. We need to get you to rest that voice because you still got another interview today. But Pat, thanks for coming on the show today. Dave, thanks for coming on the show today. Thank Let's you. make sure everybody gets over to Constructing Hope dot org over there and uh, click that donate button. Help these guys out. Let's get this thing going. Let's get them over that goal. Thanks for coming on the show today, guys. Thank you, man. Thank you for having us, Thank Eric. Thank you so much for, uh, for inviting us. Thank you. No problem, guys. Thank you so much. I'm Eric G. And I'm Caroline B. And you've been listening to Around, Around the House. Unseen and undiscovered Anywhere beyond the Love is a love song, let's be lovers We're all over the radio Take my hand, I know where to go All over the radio with you Hey, it's Eric G. from Around the House. Are you planning a decking or siding project this year? If you are, you've got to check out my friends at Millboard. Millboard is a completely different kind of composite decking and cladding that enhances outdoor spaces with enduring distinction. Hand-molded from the finest oak, it realistically mimics the natural grain and color of premium hardwood. If you're looking for something that doesn't look like plastic and instead real wood, check out Millboard.com. Make sure and check out that interview we did just a few weeks back. That's Millboard.com.